Alana J. Love, Sybil Shepard, and Bruce Willis did play Love Interest on Moonlighting. And co-workers, yep. I don't think they got along. That's what I heard, too. What type of work did they do on the show? Uh, well, you have to remember. I think that was my phone that went off. That was my phone. That was your phone? Okay. Well, you have to remember, I was really (laughs) little when that came out. Yeah. My parents, my, my mom especially liked it. I wasn't paying too much attention to it. I think it was like a, I'm going to guess it was like an office job or something, if they were working in an office. So they weren't like detectives or time travelers or pirates? No. Um, Elise Beasley was also in the show too. I don't know who that is. Elise Beasley? Yeah. Yeah, she's, um, <clears throat> I don't think you hear much about her anymore, but she's been in things. Like what? I think she was in like a commercial for some kind of a pasta or something, or pasta sauce or whatever it is. Okay. I think she, I can't remember the other shows that she was in, but she was, she was obviously in, um, uh, Moonlighting as the secretary, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Elise Beasley. Elise Beasley. Yeah. What's been going on with you, Jay, though? Um, I'm going to talk about the book I was, I'm reading. I'm, Tell me. I think I'm almost done with it. Yes. It's about this um, actress named Sarah Edmondson and her experiences in a company called Nexium, which turned out to be a cult. It's spelled weird, too. N-X-I-V-M. Have you talked to your doctor yet about Nexium? <laughs> that, sounds like a, that sounds like a drug, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talk to your doctor if Nexium is right for you. <laughs> uh, symptoms may include... Gullibility. <clears throat> yeah. Naiveness. Naiveness. Being gullible. Allergic to the truth. <laughs> Not uh, picking up on red flags. No. <laughs> Not being able to notice red flags. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Yes. Making yourself readily available available for your boss. That's right. <laughs> or 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 um or not seeing why that would be a bad thing. Huh. <laughs> I read the book about a month ago. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it, but she obviously is a little bit gullible. Right. Do you want to tell a little uh, <clears throat> slight information about her life story? So, um, she got into this cult at age 28, around the time I was 25. Um, she didn't know that at the time. Of course, she doesn't know who I am. Okay. She doesn't know who I am. <laughs> She'll never know who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm a mystery to her. Uh, anyway. You're a mystery um, to a lot of people. Yeah, that's right. You're like an enigma trapped in a conundrum. Trapped in a conundrum. Trapped in a conundrum. Go ahead. Anywho. Who? Um, even, so at age 28, her and her then boyfriend, um, were asked if they wanted to join this company. And this guy, um, Mark Vicente, who was, who directed What the Bleep Do We Know? One of the directors, right? Yes. He was one of the directors. Um, He's a famous director, and... Uh, this was her claim. That's, that's her claim, yes. And uh, he convinced uh, both of them to join. And uh, the people that were part of this this cult were trying to get a lot of money out of them. Like, I forgot, like thousands of dollars. Like, was it like $2,000, I think it was? I think that was for the introductory... Yeah, like a crazy, crazy amount of money that you would ne- normally not shell out if you're going to join a company. A cult. A cult, yes. Well, I mean, that's cult-like behavior, right? They get you to pay all this money just to join this intensive company um, only to find out that they're doing mind control on you. Yeah. Paying for mind control, that's what it is. A lot like Amway. Amway? Allegedly. What about Amway? I don't know anything about no, no, Amway. No, no, no. There's a rumor going around that the Amway is um, part of this Christian fundamentalist cult. Mm. I don't know if it's true or not. I, I heard that from my mom. Because I heard of people selling Amway products, but I don't even know what those are. According to her, it's it's really christian Who? My mom told me this. Okay. Who's now dead? Yeah. So, so we can't really confirm it. No. <clears throat> and she has a mystery, so who knows if it's true or if it was just something that she wanted to tell me. Yeah. Okay. But go on with Nexium. I don't know anything about Amway, but I'll, I'll, look, I'll look into it. Okay. Maybe. 
Um, yeah, so, I mean, I the, the money thing was, like, a big red flag that I saw, and we've talked about this before where, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been said that uh, your brain doesn't develop until after you're 25, which I believe is, is very true. And I was thinking that, you know, since she was close to being 30, right? Yeah. Why did she fall for it? She was so close to being 30. And you think that, you know, she would have <clears throat> been able to problem, you know, um, been able to uh, problem solve these things. And really think about, well, should I really join it? I don't have the money. That's really intensive, you know, and, and the mind control and, you know, blaming yourself. We might also want to say that based on some of the things she says early in the book, <clears throat> we can assume that she had also done reflective work on herself before this experience. Yes, because she read a certain book that you are... Um, a, you devotee have of, a devotee of. A devotee of. A book that I... Preach about a lot called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you would think that she would be, you know, more, uh, indi- more individualistic. Yes. And she would have uh, been able to, uh, you know, go out on her own. And in case you're wondering, I did my morning pages today. Oh, I, I wasn't wondering that. I oh. figured you would. Okay. That's a little inside thing for Julia Cameron people. Right. So I am in the part of the book where this is like between 2013 and 2017, which I didn't start yet, but I think it's closer to the end. And uh, I'm just, I'm just blown away by how long she stayed in it. Uh, One of the, the key members left in 2009 I think it might have been a year after she found out what was going on with um, Keith Ranieri, who was a leader. Yeah. I can say that. You can say that this is what she said in the book. Yeah. I can say that because, um, you know, people already found out about him. Anyway. <clears throat> and he is uh, put away, so he can't really say anything. Or can he? I don't know. I don't know. He has a podcast of his own called Green Rainier and Ham. Yeah. <laughs> I've listened to this song as good as ours. He does it with my dad. There, the, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. He, he, he doesn't know who I am. He wouldn't know who I was. Anyway. I said he does it with my dad, and you're like, no, 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 he wouldn't know who I am. Right. No, I'm talking about Keith Raniere. No, that's what I said. Yeah. He does a podcast with my dad, and your response was, he doesn't know who I am. They both they both don't know who we are or or who I am rather. I doubt it. Yeah. One of them knows who you are. Maybe. I'm assuming so. Anyway, back to what I was saying. Um so it's getting interesting. Um I'm just really surprised that she was even in this cult for twelve years. Twelve years is a long time. I would I would you know, it's it's different if it if Things were gradually happening, like it was so subtle that you didn't notice it. But this is not subtle. This is it was like very quickly after very she quickly, yes. started investigating this group. Really quickly. That I would have known something shady was going on. Absolutely. And and it's one thing if it was like really, really subtle that it no one no one could figure it out. It was very but obvious. But it was though. very, very obvious. Yeah. I did enjoy the book overall though. I just think that she's very gullible. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you would hope that she wouldn't be that way now. You know, she has a, a family now, so... I don't know if she is or isn't, to be honest. I don't know either. But that's a horrible, horrible thing to go through. I've been reading some interesting books. Oh, yeah? Or Before we get to them, yeah. I'm, I'm, I know I'm all over the place today. We just yeah, ate, and I think I stuffed myself. Yeah, and we I'm both did. feeling a little bit of a uh, food coma, so if you notice me rambling, that's probably why. That's okay. It's nothing to do with the morning pages. Right. So, what are some takeaways you have from the book so far, other than the fact that she's really gullible? Are there any lessons? Are there any um, moments of laughter? There's no funny moments that I can think of. Well, except for, like, the the relationship that, um, you know, that she was, um, when she was talking about the, um, the relationship she had with um, her then-boyfriend, Nibby. 
Yeah. Yeah. Of course, after her first boyfriend. Yeah. And how um, she was kind of poking fun at the um, Genesis program, the, the the talks that they would have, and yeah. how women and men... I mean, it was very contradictory to each other. How men were were supposed to learn know how it is to feel like a man, to be like to act like a man rather, and and that um, you know they weren't supposed to cry or whatever it is, and then <clears throat> in in the other the other side to that was he um, the leader would flip it around, he would flip it around and say that you are completely obedient and subservient to your your man, your husband. Your boyfriend, whoever it is, right? Amen, brother. No. Go ahead. But but the way that he was thinking about it was really controlling. And you don't want to do that to a woman. No. You don't want to get to the point to where it is controlling. I, I do believe that a, a, a man should wear the pants in the relationship, but not to the point where she doesn't have a say in anything. Like nothing. Mm. Yeah. I think they took it to the extreme. I do too. Yeah. Yes. I've been reading some books, Sheila. Oh, really? Yes. One of the books yes. is called, I, believe, I read it a, a few weeks ago. I think the title was I Am a Fugitive, My Life on the Chain Gang by Robert E. Burns. Oh, yeah, you told me about that one. This is a crazy book, babe. Mm. <clears throat> so before we get to the book in general, mm-hmm. let's sort of give some backstory about my relationship. Mm-hmm. In the late 1990s, I was watching the History Channel. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to do that back in the day. Yeah. And they were airing this special about chain gangs, mm-hmm. and about the history of chain gangs. And mm-hmm. they mentioned this guy who was an escape fugitive who wrote a book, and they based a movie off of him. Mm-hmm. All this type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Fast forward to like three weeks ago, and I'm reading this book on the history of Warner Brothers, the movie studio, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And they talk about this Edward G. Robinson movie, I Am a Fugitive, mm-hmm. and they mention that it's based on a true story. It's a 1932 film. They talk about the guy who wrote the book that it was based on. I thought to myself, that sounded really familiar. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's that same dude from the History Channel that I saw that special on like 20 years mm-hmm, ago. Mm-hmm. So I go on Bookshare, and I see that they just uploaded the book like two months previous to that. Wow. I might have even been the first person to download it from Bookshare. Really? Yeah. It's a really good book, this. So basically, this guy's story was, he was a World War I veteran. Uh-huh. Okay. He comes back to the U.S., and he's having trouble finding work. Eventually, he ends up in Georgia. Mm-hmm. It's questionable how this came about, but somehow he ends up participating in this robbery. Okay. He says that he was he didn't know what their intentions were, yeah. and that at the last minute they, they threatened to kill him, so he had to get involved. Some other people say that he was involved from the beginning, but regardless of how it happened, yeah. he was involved with this robbery. They arrest him, and they sentence him to six to ten years of hard labor Whoa. on this Georgia chain gang. Wow. Okay, about... I'm guessing two years into his sentence, yeah. he escapes the chain gang. Right. And he's on the run for about seven years. But in that seven-year period, yeah. it's not just like he's like moving from city to city. Yeah. He moves to Chicago. Mm-hmm. He starts this magazine. And mm-hmm. he becomes friends with all of these prominent figures in the wow. community. Mm-hmm. So his wife, mm-hmm. who he met after he broke free, mm-hmm. knew about his secret because she was searching his mail. Right. She turns him in after he tries to separate from her to go with somebody else. Oh, that's not good. Okay. They come to him and they say, okay, you know, you got to go back to Georgia, but we think you're only going to be there for maybe 90 days, right? And you're not going to be on a chain gang. You know, we just have to show that you're you're doing something, right? Right, yeah. Just so that we're disciplining you. But meanwhile, he got all these letters from mayors, governors. Really? Wow. Um, Carl Sandburg even wrote a letter on his behalf. So he's thinking that he just has to go back there and serve the sentence. Right. He returns to Georgia. And for the first couple months, things are going good. Yeah. Until they say, we're not reducing your sentence, and you're going, you're going to go back on the chain game. Oh, wow. So he has to go back on the chain game. Wow. And I think he's on the chain gang again for like a year and a half. Right. Breaks free again. Wow. Writes his memoirs. Wow. They based the movie off of the memoirs, and he finally got forgiven from the state of Georgia about four years after the wow. book came out. 
It was a crazy book. Wow. Really good read. I highly recommend it. Hmm. I Am a Fugitive by Robert E. Burns. And that was made into a movie? It was made into a 1932 film starring, I believe, Edward G. Robinson. Wow. Yeah. Now, with films back then, they were very um, fictionalized, so they mm-hmm. didn't stick to reality a lot. Right. I can't speak to the quality of the film, but I, I highly enjoyed the book. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very okay. good stuff. Huh. I've been reading other stuff. Chain Gang. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds brutal. It does. I mean, you're chained to these people, and you have to do lot. You have to do hard labor like that. Yeah, wow. he was talking about it like you'd be out in the sun all day. Oh. Uh, the I think he said that the 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 three people who were considered the slowest workers yes. were taken into the room at the end of the day and tortured for a little while. Oh no! And um, you know, you'd hardly get any time off. You'd hardly you get just enough food to survive. Yeah, he said it was crazy out there. That's Horrible. I believe because of his notoriety, Georgia eliminated the, their uh, chain gang. Yeah, because that's program. really horrible. He makes it sound horrible. Yeah. Where so so he they would be chained together for the day. Yep. And then they would go back to their cells at night. They'd go back to the cells at night. They would eat, and according to him, I think they only got to take a bath once a week on Sundays. Oh, wow. People would die in their cells. That's horrible. A whole bunch of horrible stuff. Wow. Yeah. So um, this is somewhat related to a chain gang. Not not quite, but um, this is about your time as a robot. What? No. Okay. We're what, not gonna why would you? Why would you say that? Why would you say that? Oh, we're not supposed to talk about that. Why would? It, no, no, because it's not true. Okay. Why would you say sure, that? Sure, it's not. All right. Tell me what you. Uh, by the way, I was just joking in case uh, you wanted to file a lawsuit. So <laughs> uh, tell me your your chain gang story. No, I mean it didn't happen to me, but I remember I was watching. The Maury Povich show a long time ago. I was not the father. No, it wasn't like that. It was about these kids that were running wild, and they were, um, they uh, took him to a, a prison, I think it was. I think it might have been a prison, yeah, a prison or a jail. I'm not sure which jail it was. And they were telling them about chain gangs, and um, that they would, they would, I think they, they they chained them together to see to show them what it was like to actually be in a chain gang. And um, I thought that was kind of interesting. I mean, I don't know how much they edited it. They edited the um, the footage for TV, but I'm sure they edited, they did a lot of yeah moving things. Around. That's what that's what I remember. But yeah, I heard some I heard some bad things about the chain chain gangs. Does not sound like a good time. No, it doesn't. It's a uh, I. Well, being in prison anyway isn't a good time. Yeah, I hope you read the book at some point. Hmm. I think you'd get something out of it. Interesting. Yeah, I've been reading some other. Did books he? Did he get remarried though? As far as I know, he didn't. So the girl that he w- left his wife for, mm-hmm. the way it ends in the book, mm-hmm. and you got you got to remember, I think the book was published in thirty one, and he lived until I think a year or two after World War Two ended. So he had another fifteen years of life in him. Something mm-hmm. to that effect. Mm-hmm. But up until the time the book was finished, he said that he had not seen the woman that he w- left his wife for. Oh, wow. His take on his first marriage, that it was a love with a loveless marriage anyway, and that she, he married her for convenience, but she actually had something going for him. She was really into him, but he didn't feel the same way about his first wife. So... The one who turned him So in. what exactly was the convenience that he married her for? Was it because he wanted to be in the country, or... Well, no, he was an American citizen. Basically. He was an American citizen. Yeah, I believe he said that he, she nursed him back to health. He felt really sorry for her. Oh, this wow. type of thing. Wow. Mm-hmm. That, that, that is a horrible marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine being married to someone that loves you, but you don't love them. That'd be crazy. That would be crazy. Like that show, show uh, Ned and Stacy with your girl, uh, Deborah Messing. She's not my girl. <laughs> I do, I like the old Will and Grace show, but I'm not interested in watching the new one. I just don't think it should have been rebooted. Mm. Uh, and that's my own opinion. I've never seen any of the the new Will and Grace show, but I don't really care to see it. Okay. I do like the old one. You never watched. She's actually funny. You never watched Ned and Stacy though. Kind of a little bit. I mean, I what is the premise about that? She really likes this apartment. That the guy from Wings is living in, Thomas Hayden Church. Uh-huh. And he's this ad executive. I think he even helped create the show. Mm-hmm. 
he wants a wife to help him look good so he can get a promotion. So they agree to get married. Uh, him and Deborah Missing? Him and Deborah Missing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. And they're friends with her sister and brother-in-law. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. It's a dumb premise, but I enjoyed the show. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch it. Um, have you ever seen? Have you ever heard of a show called Mike and Molly? I've heard of it. I haven't seen it, and I don't really know what the premise is about, except it had that lady Melissa McCartney in it. McCarthy. McCarthy. Not McCartney. Not McCartney. No. Let it be. Go ahead. No, she's not. I don't think she's related to uh, Paul McCartney. No. No. Yeah, Melissa McCarthy, and I don't remember who the guy was. Um, and I don't know what the premise is either because I didn't, I, I think I only saw like maybe one or two episodes and I wasn't interested. You in just it. decided to ask me randomly if I've heard of some show. Yeah, it just reminded me of, because you, you said Ned and Stacy and it reminded me of Mike and Molly. Mm-hmm. Interesting, Jay. Yes. So I've been reading other books too. Oh, really? I finished this book that was awesome called One Day. Yes, you told me about that one. Yes. This is a really good book. Yes. And the premise is the author picked this day. The day was December 28th, 1986. Mm -hmm. And he investigated stories that happened that day Mm -hmm. and then did these Mm follow-ups. So one of the stories near the beginning of the book is this lady needed a heart transplant, right? Mm -hmm. And back in the day, it was really, really hard to, to get one. I mean, I imagine that it's not exactly, you know, a piece of cake to get one these days, but it was even more difficult back then. It was a newer procedure. Yes. And she, this hospital, I want to believe, I want to say it was in Cincinnati. I might have that wrong. Mm-hmm. But this hospital had just decided that they wanted to get into the heart transplant business, right? Mm -hmm. So they said, okay, we're going to give out the first 10 heart transplants for free. We're going to pay for not only the surgery, but all the aftercare. So any checkups related to it, any medication, which is very pricey. Mm -hmm. And she happened to be the first heart recipient in the city. One of the the things that I, I, I touched you. Yeah, yeah. With your fingertips. With your fingertips. So one of the interesting things about this is the lady they gave the heart transplant to was uh, this black lady. And her being black plays into the story in her early 20s. The reason it plays into the story is they don't know why, but for some people, white people who get, for some reason, white people who get heart transplants right. tend to live longer than black people who get heart transplants. I think you I think you mentioned that to me a while back. Yes. Right. I didn't mention it here, though. No. Yes. Do no. I already know this? No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I, th- I, I just remember that I think you said that to me um, not too long ago. Yeah, because I read the book last week. Yeah. So they say, you know, if you live five years after a heart transplant, you're doing good. Yeah. If you live 20, it's kind of rare. Wow. And they interviewed her. As of last year, she was still alive 32 years after the operation. Wow. They told her that, you know, her dream was to become a nurse and work with babies and elderly people. But they Mm -hmm. said because of, you know, her, she has a compromised immune system now. Mm -hmm. They didn't think that that would ever happen for her. But about five years after the operation... They gave her the uh, the go ahead. Mm-hmm. She's a nurse now. Mm-hmm. She had two little kids at the time of the surgery. Mm-hmm. They're now grown up. I believe her son's some sort of like super genius. Wow. Um, it was just like a really heartwarming story. Oh wow. They tell they tell a bunch of stories in the book that are just incredible. I don't want to ruin it though, but nope. one one day is a really really good book that I hope you read one day. One day. And it read me to this other book. What is it? When they were telling her story. They mentioned a book called... Hey! They're talking about the heart surgery. Uh-huh. And they mentioned this book called Every Second Counts. Right. And it's about the history of heart transplants. Right. I read it. The first heart transplant was in South Africa in 1967. Mm-hmm. And they mentioned that also in one day, but... What they didn't really talk about, because it's not really about heart transplants, right. um, is the history of doing transplants in dogs 
leading up to the first human recipient. So it was interesting reading about how all these dogs died. Some of them lived for a few hours. Mm-hmm. And I believe the first human recipient of a heart transplant lived something like 18 days. Mm-hmm. Done by the South African doctor who got a lot of notoriety from this. Mm-hmm. And the widow of the man who got the transplant was upset with the doctor because he wasn't at the patient's funeral. Instead, he had come to America to be on a couple of TV shows. Oh, wow. And she was pissed off at him because of that, which I thought was a little bit unfair. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that was also a really, really good book. Hmm. Yeah. But you said one day was better? One day I thought was better. One day was a, was a really enjoyable read. Oh, wow. Yes. Enjoyable reading, okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Alana, we ate. Yes, we did. What did we have, Jalo? We had um, our cheesy baked spaghetti, which turned out so good. And then yeah, you did some an experiment with uh, you did some experimentation with uh, the bread, right? Yeah. Last night, I began the process of making French baguettes, and this morning I changed one of them into garlic bread. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the best garlic bread I've ever had. Yeah. But for a first time, I it was really it good. Out. All right. Yeah. And I made the um, suggestion that we put butter on the bread before. We put the sauce on. Even though the sauce is made out of butter. Well, I know that, but just extra butter on the bread. Yeah. Just to make it a little bit more buttery. Mm-hmm. And then put um, maybe some rosemary in the sauce. I think that could come out good. I was also, I almost chopped up some parsley, but we're kind of running. We're kind of running, yeah. 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 But it turned out so good. Yeah. Really full, Jayla. And another thing I was getting into, which I got into last night because I, um, I uh, wanted to find um, some sh- some episodes of this show that was around for a long time, and I believe it still is, called The Prairie Home Companion. Um, and I'm referring to the episodes that were hosted by Garrison Keillor when he was still the host. And I found uh, his website, and I watched, um, I kind of had like a, a Prairie Home Companion uh, marathon. And uh, each episode is different. Sometimes the routine is, well, as far as like how the show is laid out, it's not always the same. And there's people, there's guest bands on or guest uh, artists on. And there's comedy and, but with the, um, the actors and then they have their own band um, in their, in the theater. And sometimes they have a, shows that are uh, recorded in New York and <clears throat> one of their shows was recorded in Cleveland, Ohio and it was really good. There was a there was a big band uh sort of a, a jazz band called the Nighthawks and they were a big band and then there was a, a quartet, a string quartet and it was a really really good show. And um it's on his website. There's also a, a website that I've been meaning to uh, go on called a prairie home, prairiehome.org, which I think has more episodes. And uh, what did you think about that? Let me give you it? a little bit of insight about my history with this program. Okay. In high school, people kept talking about a prairie home companion. Mm-hmm. It's this great show. You got to listen. Mm-hmm. Since then, I've been hearing it year after year after year mm-hmm. to this day. I have friends who say, oh, you got to listen to Prairie Home Companion. Mm-hmm. It's the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. I think when I was living in Hawaii, mm-hmm. we've, I've told you this before, but I, generally speaking, don't like the weekend programming on NPR. Mm-hmm. When I was in Honolulu, this is about 15 years ago now. Mm-hmm. I feel old. Wow. The radio in Honolulu sucks. It's, it's garbage. Are you talking about are you talking about AM radio or just I'm talking about the AM FM oh, radio. Really? I didn't it's think it was horrible in Hawaii. Really? It is. Okay, why? There's nothing good on. They play the same four records, you know. Which stations are you talking about though? Because there's different stations, you know. No, but I flip through the dials, babe. There's nothing good on I mean maybe it's changed now. But back in two thousand I mean there there was I mean, I don't know. I mean uh, what do I know? I haven't 
I there were there were stations that I actually liked. So I mean, I don't know. What was the college radio station there? K T H U. KTUH, something like that? Uh, yeah, but I didn't listen to the college station. You see, that one was kind of good, but they, I only listened to their nighttime program. I didn't think it was all that bad. I mean, there's some things that maybe you wouldn't have been interested in. I mean, I was listening to the Hawaiian stations, and I was also listening to the, um, the, um, the stuff that had more of the, uh, uh, what do you call it? The, the, the stuff that had the songs that were on. Uh, at the time, but I mean, I didn't listen to everything, so it God. really it really all depended on what you wanted to listen. But it's now that there's a lot more horrible, it wasn't that bad. Yes, it was. Anyway, Not so really, based on this, one day I'm out and I turn on a Prairie Home Companion for five minutes and I turn it off and I never looked back till I moved here. People, one after another, kept talking to me. Rick, you got to listen to Prairie Home Companion. It's the greatest show ever. It's the greatest show ever. And I thought maybe I had reached a point in my life where I was done hearing about a Prairie Home Companion. Uh-huh. And then I'm a <laughs> lady. For a while, I was safe. And about a week ago, I started hearing, Have you always you know, girls <laughs> and you were okay? <laughs> And I didn't he ask you like your, that. <laughs> well, well, okay, check it out. I didn't ask him that way. Yeah. <laughs> so, my girlfriend comes over today. And I'm like, do you want to listen to anything good? And she's like, I want to wish you a point on companion, okay? And we turn it on. Um, so I heard it for the first time today. I mean, a full episode today. Yeah. yeah. And it had one of our favorite groups on it. Who was it? The California Honey Drops. Yes. I've seen live. Yes, and bad. and the band that that was um, before them was a a country band called the Cactus the Cactus Blossoms, which uh, was a uh, um, brothers, and uh, they reminded me so much of the Everly Brothers. I got that after hearing them. Yeah, I mean, I thought they were really good, and um, I always thought the comedy was funny. Um, some of the some of the comedy might be a little bit corny. But I thought it was genuinely, um, you know, the audience was laughing pretty hard. Um, what I really like as far as comedic um, things on the show, of course, were this uh, was a segment called News from Lake Wobegone, spelled W-O-B-E-G-O-N-E, which is uh, a fictional city in Minnesota. Do you want to tell the story about the concert we were at recently? The concert. With the kids. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Which, oh, oh, are you talking about, um... Yes. What? No, 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 no. I, I didn't ask my question yet. Go ahead. The concert with the kids? Who are talking about... Apparently oh, yes. kids listen to this Okay, program. okay, yeah, okay. okay. These, were, these were not children. children. These are not children. This children. Is, these were college students. They're kids to me. Keep going. We're not that much older than they are. Or maybe about a good 10 years. I don't know. Well, I'm not. Keep going. I right, keep going, babe. Keep going. So I gotta get I gotta get this out of my system. <laughs> you see? Oh, all, all right, all right. Keep going. Right. Keep going. Okay, so these young people, young college students, uh, were sitting behind us, and um, one of the guys was saying that um, before church, him and his family would listen to um, a Prairie Home Companion, and <laughs> I think it was like either either before, uh, like maybe they were on their way to church, and and then he commented by saying, um, "I was really surprised when I found out that Lake Wobegon was not a city, was not a real uh, place," and I thought that was really funny. And the the reason why I like the uh, news from Lake uh, the the news from Lake Wobegon is because the story just goes all over the place. You don't know where it's going to end up. And you and he comes up with these weird characters. You know, and it's like <laughs> it's just so weird. It's a, it's a funny story, I think. And he, he's a very, you know, he's he's been around for a long time. I've heard part of an episode he did in 1985. You can um actually find some of them on YouTube. And um He's been around a long time. He writes poetry, apparently. Um, on his website, you can find a poem. You can find some things that he writes. I think he does a show now called The the Writer's Almanac. 
I think. And, um, and I haven't like, uh, been consistently watching it, but from what I've heard before in the past, I thought it was really funny and, uh, and very entertaining with the, um, the guests that they would have on their stage. So I've now heard an episode. Yes, you did. Of her very home companion. Yes. My ears did not fall off. No. I did not turn a stone. No, you didn't. Why would you? I don't know. But uh, I don't know how I feel about it. I don't hate it as much as... I mean, I, I expected to hate it, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Because, you know, I'd have built it up in my mind if everybody's saying this is the best show ever. Can't and, and I told you that I thought you should... Uh, I think you should change your mindset. Because that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be horrible. Well, and then there's that great joke in, in one of my favorite shows, Bojack Horseman, where they make fun of... Oh, a Prairie Home Companion yeah. on every station. <laughs> For 72 hours. For 72 hours. hours. And him and Wanda are arguing in this car, and he hit this animal. She runs after the animal. He's just going to stay in there. And then he turns on the radio and hears that, <laughs> and he decides to go out and help. <laughs> yeah. I mean... I, 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 think it's, I think they're fun. I really do. And each episode is different. Um, each episode has different, uh, guest stars on it, uh, guest bands or guest artists. And you just, I don't think you know what to expect. And it's, it's actually recorded live. So usually it's recorded live at the uh, Fitzgerald theater in St. Paul, Minnesota. I don't know who's the host of it now. I would imagine, I would hope that it says it's, um, you know, just as entertaining as it was when Garrison Keillor was the host. I don't know. I might give it another shot in the future. I think so. Yeah. I think so. They're all they're all different shows. Yes. Not the same thing over again. No. And the Lake Wobegon stories are different from one another too. Good, good. You see? Yeah. And they have different parodies, you know, they sing different parodies that the the band thinks of. Yeah, they do. Thought they were pretty funny. Stop it. I do this voice that a lot of things is kinda creepy. It is. I go, yeah. It, it, it is creepy. Creepy. Yeah, it is. But sometimes you'll do a creepy voice on the phone, too, when I do mine. It's because I talk to you way too much about that. Big stop. Do you want to do your creepy voice and creepy laugh? No. Go ahead. No, I don't. <laughs> no. Yeah, you do. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> okay, I better stop it. It really sounds creepy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I'm auditioning for a reboot of Unsolved Mysteries. Mm. Yeah, they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds creepier than uh, Robert Stack's yes, voice. Yes. If you have any information, please call this toll free telephone number. What was it? I don't think, I think it's used for something else now. In oh. fact, I saw in a message form a couple of years. They were talking about the old Unsolved Mysteries number, yeah. and people were calling, and they said there was some really creepy stuff on the phone. <laughs> now, they could have just been lying really? because it sounded good online, but it made me want to call the number. What kind of creepy stuff did they say? They said that they heard some weird noises and, like, animal sounds on the phone. Ew. Yeah. And yeah. again, that may not be true, but that's what I read online. Ew. Yes. Okay. Yes. Have you been having any interesting dreams recently? Uh, not, no, not necessarily, no. Uh, at least ones that I can't think of at the moment. What about you? I had a dream about your mother last night. She, she was uh, alive? Yes, she was. she's still alive. Really? Really, yes. I wish I would have known that before I got up this morning and started crying. <laughs> Didn't you say she smelled like lemon? She did. In the dream, I'm living in this big house. Mm -hmm. A friend visits me and leaves, and I'm assuming I had roommates. Your mom is over at the house, and I go in my bedroom to do whatever. I come out, and she's cleaning the living room, and she smells like lemon. So I go to clean my bedroom, and I can't get it clean, and I can't get it clean. And I'm worried because your mom's going to see my bedroom. And then I woke up. Hmm. Is it possible... Is it possible, and I don't know if this, this is a good interpretation, but it's it's something I thought about just now. Okay. Is it possible that the reason why you had the dream is that you're worried about whether, you know, you're worried about 
you know, when the time comes when you might meet my mom. That is, and the cleaning up the garbage is a reference to all the the stuff that I have in my life that's sort of holding me back Mm -hmm. that I don't want your mom to see. That's what you're thinking. Uh, It's possible. Mm -hmm. That could be one of the things, or it could be that um, you want to make a good impression on my mom. Well, I don't want to do that. I'm already with her daughter. (sighs) No, I'm just joking, babe. You're like, you're like, I don't have to, I don't have to do anything because I got the girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for you, okay? <laughs> I got my job. You go get yours. <laughs> uh, no, there's probably some of that that's true. Yeah. You know, I do want to make a good impression on your mom. Yeah. I mean, I'm just really surprised that you haven't met, uh, we'll just call them, uh, any girl's family. I haven't. No. Yeah. Wow. That surprises me. I met, I was dating this one girl who was adopted and I met her adopted family, but she was adopted when she was older and she called her adopted parents by their first name. Which I think is really weird. Yeah. Yeah. But she was older. It wasn't like she was a day old when she was adopted. It wasn't like she was a baby. No. Yeah, but still though. She was in school and the whole thing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't have to go into all of that because I thought it was a very strange uh, story, but yeah, yeah, that's as close as I've come. Okay. Yeah. Wow. But you don't really count that. No. Okay. Because there weren't her real family, and she didn't think of them as that. Oh, she didn't. No. Wow. Is it the people that she lives with? Well, again, I mean, she was older when she was adopted. Yeah. Yeah. Really good looking, but uh, it was a bit crazy. Sounds like it. Yes. Sometimes those good-looking girls can be crazy. I know. Mm. Tell me about it. I, I do hope that one day I'll break the habit of dating good-looking crazy girls. <laughs> Are you saying I'm crazy? So next topic, Jayla. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't change the subject. Oh, what are you saying? Saying, You know what I'm saying? I'm not crazy. You know what I'm saying? What? Oh, my goodness. I need a kiss. Oh. I love you. You're not out of the woods yet. Oh, <laughs> I love you. Hey, I'm in the city, okay? Ah. Ah. You're gonna get it later. Uh-oh. I'm telling you. I was nice earlier. You should always be nice, babe. I mean, you should always be because nice. you started it. You should always be nice. You started it. I'm gonna finish it. Always be nice. <laughs> Alana? Yes. What self-love actions have you done in the past week or do you plan to do in the upcoming days? Hmm. Well, there's one thing that is is something that I I don't know if you would count it as self love because it is something important that I have to get done, and I'm I don't know if I should go into it. Okay. Um, but I, it has to do with um, uh, services. Okay, you don't have to go into that. But I won't give you that. That is an important thing. Uh. That's a good question. I really want to start journaling again because I haven't started yet. It's uh, something that I have stopped doing in the last, I don't know, almost 11 years, 11 years about. And um, I feel like um, I need to do that because I feel like I've, um, I've grown within the last 11 years and I want to put that in writing. And, you know, my perspective on things. And uh, I should start that. Yeah. What about you? I'm in the middle of week three of The Artist's Way. I've done it before, but I'm doing it again. So I'm going to continue that, doing the morning pages, following through on a lot of the exercises, and hopefully get more clarity on my life. Mm. And there's one thing I, I started doing is I, I think I told you this. I have a fear of sleep. I've noticed. Wow. So I've just recently begun the ritual of writing things down that mm. I may have some anxiety about before I go to bed and then putting the, that piece of paper in like a um, plastic bag. Mm-hmm. So I'm no longer letting it take up as much real estate in my mind, mm. my worries, before bedtime. Yeah, I've been having kind of a fear, too, but I think it's it's another psychological thing that, that 
that you're going through. And I think I, I, I kind of touched on it, mm-hmm. but I think that, um, whoever is listening should know about it. So I, uh, had cancer, uh, almost 12 years ago. And when I was really starting to get sick, I had a hard time breathing because I had a tumor that was sitting literally in between my lungs and things that, you know, like when I was really sick and I was recovering, I couldn't do things like I couldn't drink down a glass of water, uh, normally like I used to. Um, before that, that happened, I had the tumor restricting my breathing. So I couldn't, I couldn't drink a drink straight down. I had to drink it slowly. And I noticed that if I drink something too fast, I start to have like a little bit of a panic attack, not a whole, not a big one, but just like panicky, like, Oh my goodness, I can't breathe. And then I've been having anxieties with really strong winds lately and I don't I don't know I mean this could be psychological too because when I was sick and recovering every time it would get really windy I would get I would freak out because I would think that oh man I can't breathe it's too the wind is too overwhelming Uh, does that make any sense to you that makes complete sense to me Okay. Do you want me to repeat back what you're saying in my own words so you know that it makes sense or do you just want to? Uh, yes, yes. Okay. Absolutely. When you were under, when you had cancer, one of the side effects was it was very difficult for you to swallow. Yes, it was. And recently you've been noticing that you become more fearful about drinking liquids quickly. Yes. Because it brings back those old memories. Yes, it does. Adding on to that, when you're out in winds, you're starting to notice that the the wind is giving you anxiety for similar reasons because it brings up old memories of when you had cancer and felt defenseless. Yeah, like I I can't breathe. Mm-hmm. Like I'm yeah, you know, and that's exactly how I felt that one time when we were with your friend and it was a particularly not a, a great day weather-wise and I I seriously was really panicky and I'm and I didn't know how to verbalize it because I'm like this is crazy you know you know why should I why should I be feel fearful of this because I've been in wind several times and you know I've been to much windier areas than when we were in but for some reason it was I for some reason it just got to me I don't know what it was and it doesn't happen all the time but sometimes it does and when it does I'm like I have to really, I've been trying to think about, well, what, what is really causing this? Why, you know, what can I do to, to, um, lessen the anxiety? Um, um, I don't know. So those are some things that I've been kind of thinking about and it's good to verbalize things like that because then you, because then I can actually, um, it's easier for me to pinpoint things, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It's letting it out of your head because you can keep something in your mind forever and you come up with all these theories, but actually saying it out loud, it's sort of like letting a dog out of the, the backyard. Yeah. You know, if you have a mailman that you want the dog to attack, maybe, it's not maybe attack that mailman unless you let it out. Maybe the reason why I have anxiety about when too, and I, sh- and, and I think about this in the past and I'm like, I think about this before I got sick and I'm like, this is crazy. I, 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 you know, I was always okay with wind, but I think maybe it's because like, for example, if you are swept up in a tornado, right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and of course we've never had like big tornadoes here, but they've come to the Northwest in like to Washington, to the Washington area. If I was swept up in a tornado, I would freak out because I would not be able, I wouldn't ha- know how to, get out of it. I wouldn't, I also wouldn't know how to, um, to, uh, I would be completely defenseless. Yeah. And maybe that's another reason why, because I would imagine that once a tornado gets you, you're, you're swept away. Right. I don't know. I would assume so. I would assume that the chances of you surviving it is not very, um, it's not likely. You could blow and you could blow, it could blow you somewhere and you could never, you could be found later on, but you're dead. Um, 
I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to pinpoint why, why that is. Journaling could be helpful with that. Right. Right. And, uh, and, you know, uh, so I don't know. Is there anything else you want to talk about, Alana? Uh, no, but I'm glad I, I'm glad I verbalized what I was feeling and I'm glad you verbalized what you were feeling. I'm glad you felt safe to verbalize what you were feeling. Yeah, because at the time that it was happening to me, I just didn't want to say anything because I thought, oh, what if, what if you guys thought I was crazy or... I already think that, babe. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad I have your support. (laughs) No, no, no. You know, I, I didn't know how to say it because I just didn't know what to, how to had to put in words. Yeah. Because I wasn't feeling good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, nice, but nice that you were finally able to come forward. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad I can trust that I can tell you that. And you're like, you're not like, Oh, you're just nuts. You know, that's just your mind playing tricks on you. You are. But again, I knew they're going. <laughs> no, actually you are. Oh my goodness. I'm so naughty. Okay. No, but all jokes aside, I'm glad that you were able to verbalize that. Today. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do feel a little bit better about that, yes. I have told my mom uh, a little bit about that. Um, and uh, we didn't really discuss it further. But, you know, it does help that that I told at least one person, which would be you. Yeah. You know, the whole entire um, thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think that... I don't think I had a lot of time to tell my mom every, you know, how I was feeling because I didn't know how to verbalize it. All right, Alana Jayla. Yes. Good talking to you, AK. Good talking. Johnny, unless there's anything else you want to say. Uh, I don't have anything to say. Um, except I, I, I think that um, anyone who is listening should listen to Prairie Home Companion. I think so. I'd say listen to Joe Rogan's podcast, but that's my opinion. Well, he'll listen to both. Uh, but I, w- I will probably listen to Prairie, uh, Prairie Home Companion again at some point in the future. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there's so many good um, gems that you can find on YouTube. And a lot of old episodes that are... Uh, I found like I found one recently that was in, from 1985. You said that already. Yes, I know I did. But I'm just re- uh, repeating it, so I'm sorry. That's right. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just can't... I can't um, emphasize enough that it it's uh, it's a fun show. It really is. Mm. You know, if you really want a temporary escape, that's one of the shows that could help with that. I nice, think. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Oh, I don't want you. Well. Yeah, why? Oh, I got talking. Okay. Okay. Until next time. Until next time. Bye. And bye. happy new year, everybody. And a happy new year. Okay. Okay. Bye.